Gazette Newspapers presents the Parting Shots Podcast. Now, here's your host, Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor, Ken Schott. Thank you, Scott Keezy, and welcome to the Parting Shots Podcast. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe today. Thanks for joining me from the Parting Shots Podcast studio in Schenectady, New York. It's time for the ECAC Hockey Tournament quarterfinal round. Best of three series get underway Friday. Uh, top seed at Quinnipiac will host the defending tournament champion St. Lawrence, the number eight seed. Union, the seventh seed, will head to Clarkson, the number two seed. Number three seed Harvard will host number six RPI. And a battle of Central New York as number four Cornell takes on number five Colgate. We'll have to talk about all those series a little bit later with uh, Josh Segan of College Hockey News. And we'll have sound from RPI's media session on Wednesday. Uh, head coach Dave Smith, defenseman Jake Johnson, and forward Tor Linden will be uh, uh, here to uh, discuss that series against Harvard. Uh, we'll start with the Union-Clarkson series, and it was an uh, interesting series. Of course, the Union coming off the sweep of Princeton in the first round while Clarkson had the first round by. Uh, the team split the uh, season series this year, uh, and the game played at Messerink on November 5th. Union jumped out to a 3-0 lead in the first period. Clarkson ended up rallying to tie the score. The game went to the 3-on-3 sudden-death overtime, where with two minutes left in the sudden-death overtime, Colin Graff scored to give the Dutchman a 4-3 victory. The teams met again January 15th in, uh, at Chio Arena in Potsdam, and it was a memorable night for all the wrong reasons. Um, we'll start with the uh, game action, where Clarkson, who had the night off the previous night because uh, RPI's can't postpone that game. That game had been moved to a Sunday because of COVID issues. Uh, Union played that Friday night at St. Lawrence and pulled out a 3-2 victory there. So uh, Clarkson was ready for Union, and boy, were they ready. Uh, the Golden Knights scored six first-period goals and just crushed the Dutchman that night 8-2. to Of course, what also was memorable about that night, it turned out to be the final game of head coach Rick Bennett's uh, career at Union. We still don't know what happened uh, uh, with uh, Bennett and whatever. You know, we, you know, we're, we're, we can speculate all we want, but we're not going to. Going to. Uh, but uh, he, there was an email, an honest email sent to the Union Athletic Department prior to the before uh, they were set to play Brown, and he, of course Bennett was put, placed on administrative leave, and then just a few days, about a week later, um, he uh, resigned after the investigation. Uh, that was conducted into his coaching uh, uh, practices, uh, turned up some evidence that uh, supported the email. So uh, John Ronan has been the interim head coach since. Of course, he was the acting head coach when Bennett was placed on leave. Uh, Ronan, I, I texted him with, with him on Sunday after uh, Union found out they were going to play Clarkson following the RPI uh, victory or Dartmouth in Game 3 of that series. Uh, he was not at Clarkson the game that, that night, so he doesn't know what happened, and he really doesn't want to get into it. Uh, so, uh, so he's looking, but he's looking forward to it. Uh, this game on, on uh, starting Friday night, and uh, we talked with John Ronan about that because I think we're, what you're going to see in this series, you know, as I emphasize, as we talk about these first periods, of the big starts there. I think that's going to be the key to this series. And uh, Union, even though they blew the lead, you know, having that three nothing cushion was a, a factor in them helping them win that game. But of course, get get down six nothing, and, and against Clarkson, and it just really was just was an ugly affair. They're actually down eight nothing uh, in the third period before 
uh, late power or power play goals uh, by uh, Gabriel Seeger and Josh Kozak about less than 30 seconds apart midway through the third period made the score, I wouldn't say respectable, but basically the Union did not get shut out uh, at uh, against Clarkson. So we'll see. It's going to be an interesting series. And uh, I, I think uh, you, the first period, you, you hear that, you, you know, teams, coaches always talk about getting off to good starts. Well, they're going to need to. The Union's going to have to you know, get off to a good start and play like they did against Princeton. Uh, they were, they were, they were, that was two games. were one of the better two games they played this season. And, uh, of course, avoid penalty trouble. And, and of course, if there's a situation where uh, the Clarkson has to pull the goaltender, the Union's got to defend that well. And uh, if they can put their mind to it like they did in that five-minute power play they had to kill uh, in game two against Clarkson, uh, I think they have a chance. We'll, we'll talk more about my predictions with uh, Josh Segan a little bit later. But first, let's hear from uh, the interim head coach of the Dutchman, John Ronan. Oh, how does it feel to advance? <laughs> Feels good. Feels good. Really proud of our guys, proud of the effort. You know, dealt with some adversity, you know, huge kill, and really built off of that. Well, let's talk about that adversity there, the penalty, uh, the five-minute major. Of course, it went to video review. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you happen to see it afterwards and then? How critical was it to be able to be able to kill that uh, five-minute major? Because it's over the two-period span there. Yeah, it, it, you know what? We, we got to look at intermission. You know, it's I guess it's a zero tolerance with contact to the head. So that's the rules. That's the rules. And you know, I, I thought we had a real focused effort. You know, it was good actually to get almost half of it out of the way. We could regroup. TJ broke it down in between periods, and our guys, our guys ate it up. It was perfect. Toward the end of the second period, you guys blocked, I think, three or four shots on that. And then that carried over into the third period, a couple more blocks, and they could never seem to get set up. So to be able to, to carry that momentum over and kill it, and did you feel that you gained momentum uh, as after that? Absolutely, absolutely. That was, you know, it got the crowd into it, got our bench into it. You know, we weathered that storm, and uh, I really liked our push after that. A little frustrated to have that long of a delay for them to call me. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, the short answer, yeah. I, I'm, I'm all for video review, but when it's that long, uh, I just think it's, I can't imagine being a spectator, you know, and watching on television. It, it's, it's painful when you do that. I remember watching a couple of years back in the national tournament game and 10-minute review, and you just lose interest. So I, I wish there was a faster approach to the video review. The you know, two goals, the first two goals were sort of, you know, I don't know, it's, I don't want to say luck, luck's not the word, but I mean, it was broken plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, hits Viegas escaped on the first one, and then Robertson takes advantage of a player falling down. So yeah. I mean, to be able to get those kind of breaks, I mean, how important was that? Yeah, I, you know what? The first one was actually great. I thought Colin Graf did a great job driving through the middle. He took their D man with him and freed up that lane for, for Caden. Um, you know, it wasn't pretty off his foot and in, but, you know, what Colin Graf, you know, I don't think he ended up on the score sheet for that, but that was an awesome play that, that freed up that lane. Yeah, and the second one was a good break. You know, their D-man took a spill there at the blue, and, you know, it was, it was good for us to capitalize on that one. Maybe the one downer was not getting the shutout from Murphy. <laughs> I, was, I was upset about that. Yeah, it was, that guy's battled for us all year, and I know they were battling for him, but they, they made a great seam pass right there, and I know the Andonofsky kick can really fire the puck, and he got a hold of that. Was he the difference in the series, I think? You know what? It's he's been the difference all year. Uh, I can say that with total confidence. I thought he was excellent all series, but I think I, I really liked our depth. I, I you know I think everybody contributed. 
power play was timely. PK was excellent throughout the weekend, and you know it was a total team effort. Colin Graff with a couple goals in the third period to really put the game away. Yep. Just, yeah, that whole third period, just you, you play well, you get the power play goal yep. in five on three. Uh, just. Discuss, you know, talk about that. How important was that to really put this game away? Because it's you know, still two nothing. It's still a chance. Yeah, uh, you know, the third one was huge, and you know, tr- stress the neutral zone four check, kind of slowing them down through it. And Colin made a great individual play to break up a, break it up and go in and score, and then you know having the opportunity and, and capitalizing. You know, I, I really like that progression from our team. It was, it was a situation where a lot of times. We could kind of hold on, but we, we kept attacking, went right after him, and was happy to see that PP goal. For the seniors, their final home game, just, is this a perfect way for them to go out with that? Yeah, I, I, I can't think of anything better. You know, sweeping a series at home, you know, for four years, five years for a lot of those guys, and not having the opportunity last year, you know, it was it was great ending here at Mesa for those guys. What do you do tonight? Will you try to watch one of the other games? or? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to try to squeeze a couple hours in with my family. I, I, you know, it's it's been chaotic and hectic, and you know, I think a lot of a lot of balls are up in the air right now. So we'll kind of wake up tomorrow, see what the story is, and and prepare them. Does it I mean does it matter who you play at this point? I mean, you split both uh, with Clarkson and Harvard. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, you lost up there at Clarkson, and you know, lost at Harvard, but. Can you talk about those two teams right now? It doesn't matter who you play. Uh, you know, we're going to go where they tell us to go. Uh, you know, uh, there's no there's no easy matchup in those top four, so we know we have our work cut out for us where we, wherever we end up next week. Can you just give quick synopsis about Clarkson and Harvard? Clarkson's top to bottom, big, strong, heavy, skilled, great goaltending, great you know defensively, and they're they're a tough, hard, hard team to play against. Definitely hard to play at their rink and. You know, Harvard is, in my opinion, the most skilled team in the league. You know, top to bottom, they, they can beat you, and you know they're 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 hard defensively too. They they really work without the puck. Penalty kills good, so you know it's <laughs> pick your poison. Up next for the Dutchman are senior captain Josh Kosak, sophomore forward Liam Robertson, and junior defenseman Dylan Anhorn. All right, guys. Uh... Two games you guys played against since the first period has really been a key factor. Here in Mesa, you guys scored three first period goals. Clarkson ended up coming back to tie. You won in overtime. But then the sixth goal uh, outburst they had up there. How important will this first period be in this series? Yeah, it's huge um, to get off on the right foot. You know, we're really emphasizing it this week in practice, starting starting fast. And, um, you know, clearly the uh, the outcomes of our previous two games were uh, definitely impacted by our first period. So it's it's huge for us, especially coming off last weekend. You know, they didn't play last weekend, so hopefully we, uh, we come out flying. Yeah, like Josh said, uh, the first period has been a big factor in the outcome of each game so far. Um, if we stick to our game plan and know play the way we know we can, uh, I don't think we'll have too big of an issue. Dylan, what exactly happened up at Clarkson with that six little first period? I mean, how did that game get away from you guys? Uh, I mean, we're not trying to focus too much on what's happened. Obviously, we're a different team now, and uh, we feel like we've been playing really well, especially in first periods. So we're, we're just trying to focus on our process at the moment, honestly, leave the past in the past. and. Uh, uh, be excited for this opportunity this weekend, and I think that's where all our heads are at. So. Yeah, uh, Josh, how much confidence is, is this team taking from this last series of you know not only winning a series, winning it decisively uh, in those two games? And how much kind of a factor can that be playing top and top? 
Uh, yeah, it's definitely huge. It's definitely big for you know our confidence, our momentum. Um, you know, take a lot of positives out of last weekend. We see what can what we can do when when we play the right way, stick to our game plan. You know, play disciplined hockey. Um, you know, we see positive results. So uh, hopefully, we can carry it into this weekend. Just being confidence, obviously, you know that eight-two game was a tough one, but having an overtime win over them, they're obviously a good team. But does that give also some confidence? Okay, we've been here before. We've been this team. Uh, yeah, like like what Dylan said, I think we're a completely new team from from January 13th or 12th or whatever. So, um, you know, we just have to keep playing the way we're playing and can't really focus too much on what happened in the regular season. The playoffs is a whole different breed. So, um, yeah, like I said, just going in there with an open mindset and um, hopefully we get off to a good start. Coach kind of mentioned a little bit um, earlier about how happy he is with practice and what you guys are doing getting ready for this weekend. What do you guys feel like the energy is, not just in practice but in the locker room too? No, I mean, like we mentioned, we're we're really excited. We're obviously coming off a, uh, a weekend where we felt we played well, got the results we wanted. So, uh, like you mentioned, we're we're trying to take that confidence going into this weekend and prepare the same way we usually do, but with a lot of extra energy and excitement for the chance. So, no, that's where our heads are at. Does it help to have that momentum of playing and you know winning two games while Clarkson had the week off? Yeah, I think. Uh... Being able to stay on schedule and keep the routine that we were playing uh, playing each weekend and not having like an off weekend, uh, I think it helps for sure. Um, keeps us in a rhythm and uh, keeps us moving forward. With that being said, does it kind of put even a premium on, on game one of let's get out to a good start and maybe catch them with some rust? Anyone uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. That's why we're trying to emphasize, um, you know, Friday's first period is, is, is critical for us and um, you know, just hoping to build off last weekend and not take a step back. It's been the uh, first game up there since um, you know, it turned out to be Rick's last game as head coach. Uh, any thoughts about that as you go back up there? Uh, no, we're just, you know, looking forward to the second round of playoffs. Um, you know, that's in the past. And moving forward, and, um, you know, we're like we said, we're a different team team from then. So just try to carry the, the goods from last weekend and bring it into this weekend. To get the Clarkson perspective, I spoke with head coach Casey Jones on Tuesday. Well, Casey, uh, this season series between you and Clarkson is very interesting. Uh, you, know, you were down here uh, early in the season. Uh, Union scored three first period goals. You guys came back but lost in overtime. And then up there, uh, the sixth goal first period. So, I mean, how key is this first period going to be in this series? Yeah, you know, you always try to score first, right? It's uh, there's it's pretty lopsided when you, uh, when you do that, but it is what it is. I think, you know, you can wash the regular season out at this stage of the season. You know, like I think their game up here, they were coming off some COVID protocols, and RPI didn't play the night before. We were sitting here waiting for them, so we we clearly understand that's not the team we're going to see. So um, it is what it is. They're playing good hockey right now. We're looking forward to being at home for the playoffs, and hopefully that gives us the advantage that's needed. What is it about Union that concerns you, especially they're coming in here on a roll having won four straight? Well, just that. You know, they're obviously playing their best hockey of the season. Um, you know, the power play is clicking. They've got a goaltender that, uh, that's one of the best in the league. You know, you add those things up, it's, uh, it's a formidable foe, and we're going to have to be prepared to play our best hockey in order to advance. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you like about your team this year? Well, I, I think we've been... Pretty consistent all year long. Our second half was good. I mean, I think we, uh, you know, we have some depth. Uh, so I think we can get up and down the sheet of ice. So, um, 
you know, I, I, it's a team I think that, uh, um, you know, has been pretty resilient in terms of uh, winning games different ways. So hopefully that'll uh, that'll help us come playoff time when it's difficult uh, and you're putting a lot of different situations in a short series. And uh, I think we've seen it all this year. So hopefully that uh, that will be a benefit to us. How much does the week off help you guys? Well, we've enjoyed it in the past. Uh, you know, some people want to keep playing. Like, it's just uh, you get a little mental break. You get a little um, – uh, you get rested, you, you, you know, we recharge the batteries and hopefully for, for a run, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, do you lose a little sharpness? You know, I don't know. I think it's, uh, I think you gain that back pretty quick once the weekend starts. Uh, but you know, just to get little nicks, little bruises, stuff like that healed up for you. Uh, you know, as a weekend wears on here, especially you go to a few games set, you know, it, uh, it gives you that extra, I think that extra jump in your legs. You, you want to earn that by, uh, and uh, give yourself the best opportunity to get to Lake Placid, and I, I, you know, hopefully that uh, uh, that's a benefit to us. Chris, you're going to be facing a union team that has a different coach than the last time uh, they were up there. Uh, I mean, just from from your observation, uh, how do you think John Ronan's been doing as the interim head coach? Yeah, it's a tough question, right? Like, I think they're what I see online is they're playing good hockey right now, but. Uh, I thought I thought Union was playing good hockey after their first month or so. You know, they started the year, but I thought they were pretty uh, pretty dangerous from that point on, winning games pretty well on a weekly basis. And, uh, you know, it's a it's a tough grind with being out a, out a year, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I think I think they're um, I, I like the way their power play looks like they got a lot of zip on it right now, a lot of confidence, some guys in the right spots. Uh, but I thought you know I thought they were playing with really good pace and watched the Princeton series, so. Um, you know, coaching change. I, you know, I just think that they've always been uh, been a dangerous team this time of the year with their with their special teams and uh, their details. So uh, they've got good goaltending, and we're expecting a really hard fought battle against uh, you know technically a rival for us. You know, very similar schools. So it's it's a it's a big weekend. Yeah, it's the fourth meeting postseason meeting between these uh, two teams, but first one since uh, 2009, and first time it's actually. Yeah, Clarkson's the home team in this series. The last three times it was the first round at, at Union. So uh, it'll be a little more interesting to see how uh, everybody handles things. Yeah, it is. We're looking forward to it. Coming up, I'll look ahead to the RPI Harvard Series. You're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast. All of us love sports, but not all sports are created equal. College sports have big budgets, dedicated alumni networks, and corporate sponsorships. Professional sports have even deeper pockets. Millionaire owners, lucrative TV and radio deals, and merchandise sales. High school sports have you. Everyone agrees high school sports give us plenty of reasons to cheer. And now's a great time for us to give back. Supporting your hometown high school won't cost you much, but it will go a long way to ensuring the games we love the most are here to stay. New York High School Sports. They're good for our kids, good for our community, and best of all, they're good for you. This message presented by the New York State Public High School Athletic Association and the New York State Athletic Administrators Association. Hi, this is Daily Gazette sports writer Adam Schindler. You're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast with Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor Ken Schott.
Welcome back to the podcast as we continue our look at the ECAC Hockey Tournament quarterfinals. And let's look ahead to the RPI Harvard Series. Uh, these teams, like Union and Clarkson, split the season series. The only difference in this one, both teams won in the other team's home building. RPI uh, took a 2-0 victory January 25th at the uh, Bright Landry Hockey Center in uh, Cambridge, Massachusetts. Jack Watson made 39 saves during the shutout, and that was the second consecutive season that uh, RPI shut out uh, Harvard at uh, Bright Landry. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see if Harvard can score a goal, which I think they probably will. Uh, but um, then the rematch uh, in the season finale for RPI on uh, February uh, 26th, Harvard was just coming off a uh, 5-3 loss at Union, and I think they're a little upset. Uh, they Harvard scored four first-period goals on its way to an easy 5-1 victory over the Engineers. Uh, the Engineers uh, finishing six. Harvard really had nothing to play for because they were stuck in that third spot. spot but I think they needed to, uh, you know, shake off that loss to Union, an unexpected loss, uh, considering Harvard had beaten uh, Union earlier in the year in a pretty good fashion. So um, let's uh, talk with the first uh, head coach of the engineers, Dave Smith. It's, uh, any challenges as we get getting the guys to come down a little bit from Sunday's win to get your focus on Harvard? Uh, not really. Um, we, we pretty much had Monday was a full day off. And, uh, you know, Tuesday, just because of the stress and the strain of three and three was, was not a heavy on ice day, but we, you know, we learned some stuff off the ice and get better. So, yeah, you, know, you can't you can't be ramped up on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We'll be ready for Friday. You won out there earlier this season. How much confidence does that give you guys? I think more important than the win was the fact that you know when we played here, um, their style of play, their their system, so to speak, who they are, won out. When we were there, our style of play and our system, how we play, won out. So I think that's the most important thing. Um, that we know that we can play our game and have success with it. How do you control that? How do you make sure that you've got your boys in the right, you know, frame of mind to play your game? Well, it, it's a it's a year long process. Uh, it's um, something that we talk about every single prep meeting is is who we are and what our strengths are and how we want to push the game into areas that we excel at. So. Uh, there's no guarantees ever that it's going to happen, but it's something that's been talked about for about 207 days now. Does it, it help that the Harvard loss, where you let them dictate the, at least the first period, is fresh? It's just two weeks ago that uh, you don't have to dig back um, into January? Or? Yeah, I mean, it, it helps us uh, in terms of fami familiarity with, with, their, with their systems and their personnel. And I think all year, even when we hadn't played them, we know what their talent level is. But... Um, it is fresh, uh, fresh in the minds, which, you know, I don't think it's a benefit for either team, but it's a familiarity that's uh, comfortable. Any concern about it? Is playing such a physical, emotional series and having to come back against a team that's had the week off? No, no, I don't think so, because our guys are in great shape. I mean, we track all of those things and their recoveries. They're, they're back to full recovery right now physically. Um, mentally, again, we don't push it too hard yet because it still is the mid middle of the week. So, um, you know, we, we'll have to – we know what success feels like and it's bumps, bruises, and, and so, and we want that feeling. Any uh, thoughts about Tour being named uh, finalist for the EC, ECAC Hockey Player of the Year? Well, I think it's a great recognition for the for a young man who has 
just continue to try to improve his game in all areas, um, whether it be face-offs, power play, penalty kill, offense. Uh, he just he really wants to be a complete player, and I think a lot of things came together for him this year. I'm just really happy for him and to have uh, our program represented uh, in, in that for that award. How is the energy between regular season hockey and playoff season hockey? Has that kind of transferred yet, or do you still feel like you're just playing another game? Uh, no, the uh, the urgency um, and the anxiety, um, or the or the urgency being a positive word, anxiety being a negative word, those are really more prevalent in the playoffs. And you could feel it last weekend. Every check is just a little bit, a little bit harder. Every every desperate play is a little bit more desperate. And um, I thought our guys were were ready to go um, right off the first puck drop last weekend, and I expect the same. Can you feel the word excitement? Um, I don't. I, I don't think excitement um, is where we're at yet. I think all of our guys are excited, but excitement comes out in that. That's what when I when I say urgency, like the excitement is maybe what fans. That's a word fans use. Urgency is what the players and coaches use. So yeah, absolutely, the anticipation and and the readiness comes out as urgency to me. Now stepping to the microphone is defenseman Jake Johnson. What can you guys take from uh, the last game against Harvard into this weekend? It was a tough first period for you. Yeah, just appreciate their skill. Um, can't, you know, take them for granted. Uh, really great team, a lot of skill. Um, can make it pay quick with their transition game, so just got to be ready for his puck drop. Jake, uh, you guys won out there earlier this year. How much confidence does that give you? A lot. We always play good there. Um, should be a good test for us. Uh, play gritty, uh, hard-nosed style of hockey against them and see what happens. So. What advantages do you guys have that you played this past weekend where it's kind of had a little bit more time to I think we just got adjusted to playoff hockey. It's a little bit faster, a little bit more mean, and you know they got some rest, but I think we're just going to be ready right away, and hopefully it takes them a little bit to get adjusted to, but... Um, just the adjustment to, from regular season to playoffs helps us. Any concern that you know, you're coming off a physical, emotional series against Dartmouth against a team that had a week off? Not really. Um, I think we're all good enough players. We've been playing for so long that a little bump and bruise is not going to do too much damage to us. Up next is Tour Linden. The senior forward was uh, named a finalist for the ECAC Hockey Player of the Year Award. Here's what he had to say. Is it, you, you mentioned you'd only been in one playoff series. How big was it for you guys to, to win a playoff series? It had been a few years. Nobody in the program at RBI had been part of a, a series win before. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, I think you can see the excitement we had on the ice after the game and um, after our fifth goal there. So um, really exciting. Got to hear from a lot of alumni and fans and about all the support so that's been been really cool and um, really exciting and we know we have a lot more fans they're gonna be rooting for us at Harvard too so um, really exciting you went out there earlier this season how much confidence does that give you guys yeah I mean um, like I've been saying any team can beat any team and uh, it just depends on you know if we bring our best effort and if we're executing on all all cylinders so um, they've beaten us we've beaten them and now it's playoff hockey so it's do or die Coach said that um, it's, it's a lot easier for you guys when you're playing your game and you're in the right frame of mind as compared to when you're kind of playing towards the other team's game. How, from a leadership standpoint, do you make sure that 
your teammates are in that right now? Yeah, um, I think a strong start is huge. Um, and just being in the right mindset uh, right away. Uh, we can't be on our heels. Uh, we need to be you know, pushing the pace and, and on, their, on their D and on their guys uh, the whole night. So uh, can't let up for a second because they have a lot, of, a lot of skill. And if you give them space, they can, they can make you pay. So. Thoughts on being named a finalist for ECAC Hockey Player of the Year? Uh, it's an honor. Yeah, it's uh, really cool. Um, definitely really exciting. And I owe a lot of credit to, to my line mates and my teammates this year. Um, really been supporting me a lot and um, just honored. Josh Segan of College Hockey News joins me next to uh, look into the four quarterfinal round series. You're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast. What's your favorite high school sports memory? A late inning rally? A game winning shot? A photo finish? Maybe it's a pep rally or a pregame ritual. Maybe it's the euphoria of a late-night bus ride home after a hard-fought win. Maybe it's having pizza with teammates after the game. Now, imagine if it never happened at all. School sports need your help. With budgets getting tighter, it's more than the games that are on the line. It's all the traditions, the community pride, the culture of your hometown high school, plus all those memories that are on the line, too. What can you do? It's simple. Buy a ticket when you can. Go to a game. Take the whole family. Let's do everything we can to keep those cherished school sports memories alive. This message presented by the New York State Public High School Athletic Association and the New York State Athletic Administrators Association. What's going on, everybody? My name is Freddie Coleman, host of ESPN Radio's Freddie and Fitzsimmons, and you're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast with Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor Ken Shy. Welcome back to the podcast, and Josh Segan of College Hockey News, who covers the ECAC for them, is back with us for uh, another weekend, and we got through it. We got through week one of the no no problems, no COVID cancellations. We're happy. Yeah, yeah, at least it seems like that COVID thing has kind of settled down a little bit. Omicron took its its toll early in the season in the conference, but yeah, so very few uh, issues going off as of late, and uh, hopefully, you know, knock on wood, stays that way all right let's take a look back at uh, the last weekend's results uh, it was all chalk uh, although uh rpi and st lawrence had to go to game threes on sunday and st lawrence had to go to overtime to beat brown so w- what stood out for you over the weekend I, I think it was resiliency i mean you look at rpi they were down you know three one entering the third period of game one um they really wore uh dartmouth down it looked like Dartmouth looked like it was heavy leg all third period, and you know RPI took advantage of that. I scored them four nothing in the third period, and you know kind of ran away with it at the end. Um, St. Lawrence, same thing. I mean, they they got down two goals in their uh, game three against Brown, and you know playoff Brown's always difficult to not to crack, yeah. and you know they were able to get an OT goal and you know advance as well. So kind of weird. I think I kind of expected a few. I was. I was minutes away from going four and zero in my predictions uh, for the weekend, but ended up going two and two. Um, so yeah, no, just an interesting weekend, just given that you know they had to come back from uh, two down late to to get wins. But 
Yeah, credit to both teams, credit to both coaches. They, I mean, they, they really took advantage of the whole ice. And, yeah, so it was all chalk. We'll see if that continues and uh, continues on. Yeah, the one thing with the, the RPI game, that really, that third period, I mean, all five RPI's goals came on special teams. But I, mean, the, I think the shorthanded goal there uh, scored by um, Zach Dubinsky really, you know, I think, I think that was a crusher. Oh, no, absolutely. I mean, you look at that. I mean, shorties kill, right? That's that's kind of a mantra that, that in hockey that, you know, short giving up a shorthanded goal is never an easy thing to recover from. And then you look at that for Dartmouth, and, you know, like I said, they just didn't look like they have uh, they had much of a legs. It looked like RPI wore them down. Uh, they were a little bit deeper. I, I mean, I think that's one of the advantages RPI has. I, I mean, I think they're a deep, deep hockey team. Um, it just seems like they haven't really took advantage of it. And, you know, they have Trevor Linden, too. What a player. Yeah. Um, you know, he's a good player as well. They have a, they have a, good, uh, they have a good offensive team there. Um, it's, it's interesting. I, I almost feel like they could have had a better record, and uh, maybe they're going to start showing it here uh, in the next couple weeks. And not to pick on Dartmouth's Ryan Sorkin, but you cannot take a roughing penalty with 2.01 left with your goaltender pulled down one leaping into the pile for no really apparent reason, and then that ends up leading to the game-clinching power play empty net goal. Yeah, that was a tough penalty, right? I mean, it was kind of surprising that they gave it as the only penalty, but I guess if you want to calm a game down, you have to call those penalties. And, you know, Ryan Sorkin, you know, lesson learned for next year, um, young player still, and yeah, so uh, yeah, Dartmouth will be there next year. It'll be interesting to see the progression of some of these teams that didn't play you know, last year, especially the ones that didn't take any grad transfers like a Dartmouth. Um, I remember Reed Cashman in the in the preseason saying, you know, he he wasn't a, he didn't seem like he was a huge fan. He kind of enjoyed knowing what he was going to have coming in uh, year in and year out. And you definitely see how that disadvantaged uh, Dartmouth this year against a team that had transfers, had some grad grad students there. Um, so yeah, no good, good, good series by RPI to, to pull it out, and um, yeah, I mean it's just you know like I said, it just you know it just looked like Dartmouth was out of legs, and maybe that maybe that frustration finally hit the um, nail. I mean we can't we can't think they differ. Like yeah. did did RPI's uh, game winning goal even go in? Like you know <laughs> I I think I questioned that. I don't really know if there was a way. Uh, to really see that that went in, but it did look like at the end that it, you know, it, he pulled it out of the net. But I mean, we'll never, we'll probably never get a shot. But no. it was called a goal on the ice, and you know, RPI advances. Yep. Well, you mentioned Reed Cashman. Let's start uh, looking ahead to uh, the uh, quarterfinals here. His, uh, his alma mater, Quinnipiac, the top seed in the tournament. It's a rematch of last year's championship game uh, against St. Lawrence, which uh, the Saints won in overtime down in Hamden, Connecticut. I don't see I, I don't see the Saints I me mean, winning this series at all. I don't even see them winning a game. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Quinnipiac playoff Quinnipiac, and you know we talked about playoff Brown last week. Now we're going to talk about playoff Quinnipiac, right? They've they've always had these dominant seasons. We can't ever forget uh, the last time we had a full ECAC tournament. They got shocked by Brown, um, and. They just they got swept by not just shocked by Brown they got swept by Brown mm-hmm. so we ought to see you know what's going to go on here um, as well but yeah I don't really see St Lawrence having too much of a chance I I mean that one win out of the last eight meetings for St Lawrence it actually goes back further than that is 
about the last 15 to 20 meetings, St. Lawrence has only won twice, including one that was an ECAC championship last year. I, I mean, I think I'm a little surprised, though, for St. Lawrence-wise. I mean, they have a very good goaltender who could totally steal the game, uh, a game in the series. So that will be something to watch. But I think I've been kind of um, a little bit surprised that they haven't really taken advantage of that momentum from last year. But, you know, the season's not over yet, and they've had some – they had some luck down at Quinnipiac last year um, in, in the one-off ECAC championship game. So uh, we'll see if uh, maybe uh, St. Lawrence has another uh, another um, shock in them. Yeah. But it, it's, it's tough to see right now. But, you know, it, it is never impossible in the ECAC. Yeah, of course, uh, yeah, this could be a goaltending battle, obviously, Emil Zetterquist for uh, St. Lawrence and Yana Peretz uh, for Quinnipiac. This could be... I mean, I mean, let's just give Yana the Ken Dryden Award right now. Why, why do you bother having finalists for it with this way he's played this year? Uh, what um, the goals against average is uh, incredible. Yeah, zero point eight two uh, goals against average. I mean, that's just nuts. I mean, I actually think, in a way, he's actually kind of underrated um, because I, I think you know this this isn't Quinnipiac's best defensive team. They always you know they always control possession. And, you know, he only sees, you know, maybe on average about 20 shots a game. Um, but a lot of those 20 shots are really good chances. I, I mean, I watched a game against Brown a few weeks ago. Uh, like Union, Brown, uh, not Brown, sorry, at Harvard. Um, and like Union, Harvard has the end zone um, press box. So, you know, you're able to see how a, how a goaltender performs and, I just thought he was phenomenal position-wise. Nothing really phased him. I mean, I, th- I thought, you know, they, they Harvard picked up a win in that game, won nothing. But I thought in the second period where Peretz was right right in front of me, I, th- I thought he was fantastic. It could have been easily 3-4, you know, 5 nothing Harvard. Um, and, but Peretz saved the day there. Um, Quinnipiac does give up a lot of great A's. And, I, I mean, if you want to – Saying there's a possible opposite, maybe that's something St. Lawrence can take advantage of. Yeah. I mean, Peretz with 11 shutouts and a uh, 9.56 save percentage. I mean, Dylan St. Cyr, uh, the, the backup's not too shabby either. 1.11 goals against average and five shutouts and a 9.39 save percentage. I mean, my goodness, I've never seen a team in a long time this strong in goal. Yeah, no, absolutely. And then, like I said, maybe some of that is a little bit, you know, bloated because of the. Um, the struggles of some of the teams, especially offensively, at the bottom of the uh, table this year, or the standings, I should say, getting in a soccer reference there. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, like I said, I, I, I do think Peretz has been kind of a little bit underrated just because I, I do think you Quinnipiac teams in general, they get good possession, but they also sometimes give up great chances, great A chances. And I, and I think this team is a little bit of that as well. I think you saw it a little bit down the stretch. And Perez had to be very good. And, yeah, and I don't think he's going to get maybe some of the national accolades as he deserves. But it will be interesting. But on the other side, even Mills Edequist. I mean, he's he was the preseason, you know, picked top yeah. top goalie in the preseason, uh, both media and coaches. And, you know, he, he can steal a game for St. Lawrence as well. well and I think one thing that uh, St. Lawrence did last year was – their um, defense was very mobile. Got into, uh, got involved in the play, so it will be interesting to see if they could do that. They can do that again against Quinnipiac, who's like I said, they're good. They're good possession, possession wise, 
but sometimes they struggle and give up some really good great A's. And then on the other side, they haven't really been scoring either. So it, it will be interesting to see how this tournament goes. I don't see an upset, but yeah, you know, like we've said that before about Quinnipiac. Like I said, three years ago against Brown, four years ago, whatever it is now. And, you know, that's on some of these seniors. I talked to, um, I talked to Zach Metz early in the year, and that and that game, that series is still on a lot of these players' minds. They were he was still talking about that and how disappointing that was uh, to lose that series. So, I mean, I'm not saying this is a similar type series, but certainly, you know, we we've seen it in the past with Quinnipiac. Yeah, uh, I'm going Quinnipiac in two. What about you? Um, I think Quinnipiac in two, but I, I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if St. Lawrence could pick up a win. Yeah. Well, let's move on to the uh, 2-7 matchup. That's Clarkson hosting Union. Uh, this was the fourth time these schools are meeting in the, for the first time since 2009. And in talking with both sides uh, of this in this uh, playoff series, these, you know, the, the teams you know, split the season series. Uh, big first periods for both teams. And the, the Union game of Union, Union scored three in the first period. Uh, Clarkson rallied the tie, but Union won in overtime. And then uh, back at Chile, you know, Clarkson had that six-goal first period and then went on to an easy 8-2 victory. So, to me, I think that the start, the first period is going to be the key in each game. I think that's kind of been Clarkson's MO all year. I mean, you look back on some of the wins that they – well, some of the losses that should have been, you know, you look at and they probably should have won. And they've struggled in first periods. And they've struggled to – put together solid efforts. I mean, there's even some games against good teams in the first half where, you know, they dominated the second and third period, but had, you know, got down three, four goals early and, you know, the game was out of hand. Um, so, so you look at the, you look at this matchup, I mean, you know, you, it should be a good matchup. I think this is actually probably, if you look at the four teams, uh, the four top seeds, this is probably the best matchup for union. Um, maybe you correct me if I'm wrong, Ken, but I, I think it would be the best matchup for Union um, this weekend. And, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Union could pick up a win here. I mean, they can score. I mean, that's one thing about Union, right? They've been able to score this year. So, uh, yeah, it will be interesting to see what they're um, what they're able to do this week. And, obviously, I think you could throw out the last game, right? The yeah. A2, the A2 Clarkson win. That probably won't happen again. Um, so... Yeah, you just look at it. it. It just looks like a pretty good matchup on paper. Yeah, I mean, the, the, when they went up to uh, North Country Union, played St. Lawrence on that Friday night and, and had a rally for a victory. Clarkson had the Friday off because they was some they had to reschedule some games because of COVID. Where RPI yeah. ended up playing on a Monday, played Clarkson on Sunday, and then St. Lawrence on Monday. So Clarkson was a fresh team uh, facing Union, and just they just took took it from the get go, but. To me, I mean, Clarkson, you know, 1996 this season, I mean, they challenged, they almost captured the, uh, you know, first place in the ECAC hockey. Uh, and of course, they, they've taken advantage of the uh, transfer rule and have some, you know, pretty good players yeah. here. So, uh, to me, Union's on a roll right now. I mean, they, you know, coming off that four-game winless streak, which put them in danger of opening the first round on the road to, yeah, winning and uh, the final weekend of the of the season, and then the playoff victory, and, and really, I think an impressive game Saturday where they had to kill off a five minute major uh, to Gabriel Seeger, which carried over from the second period into the third, and I think that was the game right there. And it, it, to me, that that's a 
example where they can do it uh, when they're down a man, which uh, with when the extra attacker situation in the late in the game where they have struggled to that. So I think if they can uh, limit their chance, I maybe they steal the game. I, I, I'm yeah, leaning toward Clarkson winning the series. I just don't know if it's going to be two or three. Yeah, I, I think it will actually be three. Like I said, I think this is a good matchup for you. Yeah, I just look at it. Clarkson's had some struggles um, in net, um, especially with Ethan Hader. Um, you know, they have um, Muticelli, um as well, who's, you know, 7011, 1.110, but he's a young guy. I mean, you have uh, Connor Murphy for Union. He's an experienced kid. He's been around the block a little bit, you know. He's had his struggles as well, but but so is Union. Um you know, it'd be impressive for Union to pick up a win this weekend, but I, like I said, I, I do think three's on the table here. I, I look, I look at Clarkson as you know they're they're good. They can win the ECAC title. They, they've they've actually in recent years they've been very good um, in the in the tournament. Um, you know, unlike Quinnipiac, who struggled a little bit, Clarkson's actually been very good to the, uh, in the tournament. So, yeah, I would look, I would look at Clark. I would look at this as a three game series, but I. You know, I'd be kind of, I'd be a little surprised if you were able to pick up a win here. Yeah, it's a, it's a three, yeah, pick up a series win, I yeah. should say. Yeah, yeah, I, I think. I mean, I'm probably going to go two, but I can, I can see your point. I mean, I, I still always change my mind between now and Friday. Yeah. So um, let's look ahead to the other Capital Region team, RPI, the sixth seed. Uh, we said coming off that three game um, series against Dartmouth, they'll face Harvard uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at. Uh, uh, Landry, uh, Bright Landry uh, Hockey Center. Uh, that season series was split, but both teams uh, won in the other uh, team's rink. So, advantage RPI? I, I, I mean, we're right. Aren't we right back to where we were in oh, what 20, 2020 now? Yeah. Like these two teams were supposed to play in the quarterfinals, different venue. But uh, I, yeah, you, you'd think the momentum on is on RPI's favor. But you know, Harvard did beat them just a few weeks ago, five to one. And you know, this Harvard team's kind of been hard to to figure out in a way, yeah. um, mainly because they're so young. They're 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 very talented. Um, and then they're another team, like I just said about Clarkson. They've act, they play well in the tournament. It's, it's been kind of the mo under Ted Donato, of, especially of late. That you know they play very well in the tournament and you know pick up some wins. Um, I, I don't know if this is advantage. I don't see it as advantage RPI. I think this is going to be a very hard series. I, I think if one thing, I think this could be a very offensive series. I mean, you definitely have some firepower amongst the two teams. I mean, you look on RPI's side, they have Terrell Linden announced as a player of the year candidate in the conference earlier today, actually, mm-hmm. um, which I found interesting, but he, he's a very talented player, night warrior too. What a, what a leader he is. I've had a chance to talk to him on a couple occasions. And then, you know, Simon Kledberg, you know, Lappinen, you know, good players. And on the other side, you have, you know, the, the list is endless with Harvard, right? You right. got Coronado, 13th pick overall last year, uh, Leferriere, Abruzzese, and, and Farrell, who both went to uh, the Olympics, um, and now Harvard's full steam ahead. But, yeah, so I, I definitely look at this, and I, I do think, I also think advantage goalie as well to Harvard with Mitch Gibson. I mean, Mitch Gibson's been around the block a little bit, um, and then obviously, you know, you look at the power play. <laughs> I mean, yeah. both teams have a very good power play, but this, but this Harvard team could probably – you know, make a better living on the power play than they've had than they have this year. So, I mean, I, I, I don't know if I see. I, I think I see Harvard sweeping this one. Actually, I might go three with Harvard. I mean, I, I think RPI 
gets a game. I trust me. I honestly, I think RPI wins the opener. Yeah, I mean they could. They 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 certainly could, especially with how young uh, Harvard is. And um, you know, they you look at you look at. There's some warriors on this RPI team. You look how worn down Dartmouth was in the third game on. Uh, on Sunday, I, I do think that's a product of the players they have. They're an old team. They have some players that have been around the block. Um, they have, you know, they have some transfers. They have, you know, I mean, it, it's a team that's been around the block and plays a grinding style. Um, I do think if it, I, I think I'm going to disagree with you. I think Harvard will come out strong, and I think if it goes a third game, I would think RPI actually that would that would suit RPI very well, especially what we saw in the third period against Dartmouth. I, I really do. I mean, they can definitely wear down Harvard a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I, I definitely do. I mean, I think one player to watch this week, I, I love um, the way uh, Marshall Rafai plays for uh, for Harvard. He is like that stay-home guy for Harvard that sometimes they haven't had um, over the last couple of years. He, he's a really stay-at-home guy. Um, I think he's been very good. Went under the radar this year because obviously he's a defensive guy. But he's been very good, and then, like I said, I think advantage goaltending goes to Harvard too. So you know, you get, you get at least two of the three uh, dots there. So I mean, I think RPI has a chance. Like I said, if it gets to a third game, I wouldn't I wouldn't pick against RPI based on what I saw on Sunday against Dartmouth. I think they can wear Harvard down, but I think they got to get there first. And let's talk about the final series, the four five matchup, the Central New York uh, rivalry, Cornell Colgate at Cornell. Uh, Colgate took the series this year at five points to one, and can they do it again? I mean, I love, I absolutely love this matchup. I watched the two games that those two teams played a few weeks ago. I thought they were both phenomenal hockey games. I mean, you look at, you look at Cornell, uh, uh, Cornell, and you know they've been without Mike Schaefer for a little bit, and you know they kind of struggled a little bit down the stretch. Um, under Ben Sire, but I mean, they've come on a little bit in the last few weeks, you know, swept Princeton and Quinnipiac just a couple weeks ago, have a couple wins against Quinnipiac this season. The only team to do that. And then, you know, you look on the other side, you got Don Vaughn. Yeah. You know, this is, this is, you know, two of the best coaches in college, you know, in the ECAC really yeah. two guys that have been around the, been around the block a little bit. And I mean, I, I love the Colgate team. I, I've said it for a while. I really like what Colgate has. You look at that. I mean, this is probably the first time in a while. I mean, these two teams haven't played in a three game series since the nineties. Um, surprisingly enough, um, you, you look at the talent top to bottom and, and you know, you often can't say this. I actually think Colgate Top to bottom, or at least at the top, has, a, has actually more talent than probably Cornell does. I mean, you look at guys like Colton Young, Alex Young, Josh McKechnie, mm-hmm. you know, Matt Verboon, Griffin Lyon. Those are talented kids. I mean, you look, and then obviously Cornell has its guys like, you know, Matt Steinberg, Andreev, Malinsky, stuff like that. But I actually like the Colgate. Um, the Colgate. I, I do think there are definitely question marks at the other end of the ice. And you know, you, you will definitely see how Cornell is, you know, because we don't know if Mike Schaefer will be back. You know, it's not saying that Ben Sire, you know, it's it's that Mike Schaefer is one of those legendary figures in coaching. And, 
you can definitely see a difference. Um, I, I think it's still questionable whether Mike coaches this week. I actually have, I'm actually talking to him tomorrow morning, and I was talking to you know Brandon Thomas, longtime SID there, and he's unsure if you know Mike Mike will coach this week. It's it's been off and on, and obviously he's have his troubles, and we wish you know Mike all the best. And what he you know dealt with over the last couple of months with COVID and then the stent and all that. So yeah, it will definitely be interesting. I mean, you, you, like I said, you definitely have offensively i think colgate's the better team here but i mean you we always have to put the colgate cornell system and you know all that all those things so this is definitely we're three games written all over i think this is going to be a, I think this is going to be one of the better series we've seen in a while in the ecac to be honest with you i, I love this series i might go colgate in three I, I definitely, I actually think Colgate in three. I think I just made the point for that. But yeah, I would definitely say Colgate in three. But I, I, this is going to be, I wouldn't be surprised to see three of these games go to overtime. I wouldn't be surprised to see one of them to go multi-overtime. I, I just think it, it's a good series. And I mean, maybe, um, we'll, we'll see. If Mike Schaefer comes back and he's back behind the bench, which, like I said, is very questionable based on what I've heard. Um, you know, I, you're gonna wonder if that would actually will Cornell to a victory. So you know, that might be something to watch as well because yeah. he's been missing since that North Dakota series a few weeks ago. And um, you know, like, yeah, so it could definitely, it could, that could definitely be a, be a factor as well, which is always kind of interesting. And you know, he's a big figure, and you you know that he's a big figure in the ECAC. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens there, and hopefully Mike can be back on the bench. But you know, it's looking kind of questionable right now. Yeah, between Schaefer and uh, Donnie Vaughn, uh, the two longest tenured coaches in ECAC hockey. Yeah, I mean Donnie. Yeah, Don's been around for a long time, and you know, so is so is Schaefer. Tons of wins between them, and. Um, you know, it's it's funny how some of these teams just had don't play in the tournament very often. I, I mean, it's been since the, I think it's like 2004. I think I read that they have played in the tournament, and then before that, I think it's like the 90s that they've played. They played a three gamer or, or multi game series. So, yeah, I mean, it's a short trip for both. Obviously, that's a that's a good trip for Colgate. So. Is it really much of a home advantage when you're only traveling 35 minutes? And yeah, so we'll so we'll see the factors there. And like I said, I think this is, this could be a fun series. I I really think this is this is one of the better series on paper that I think I've seen in the ECAC in a few years. Well, let me ask you this question: Since uh, we're taping Tuesday, you're going to talk to um, uh, Schaefer on Wednesday. Do you think with his health situation that he may decide to hang it up after this year? I don't know. I, I wouldn't go that. I wouldn't go that far to kind of speculate what's in his mind. You know, it's it's been an interesting situation. We, we've seen this at ECAC before, right? With uh, Marsh up at St. Lawrence. Um, that, I mean, but I mean, he's still a young guy. He's he's still relatively young. I, I don't I don't know if he's uh, we think about it, but. It would certainly be. It would certainly make for an interesting off season for us. That's yeah. for sure, because you'd have to think. You know, you look at the people around, and you'd have to think there's a guy up in uh, Potsdam that would probably be you know top on their list, and it would definitely. It might. It would definitely. But I. I don't think. I don't think Mike will uh, hang it up yet. He's. You know, still got. It seems like he's still got a few more years in him. But like I said, we've seen it before with Marship at St. Lawrence. So you know. It's uh, the tough. It's a tough spill. You know everything he's dealt with this this season. So, yep. So, all right, Josh. Appreciate it. We'll do this again next week for the championship round in Lake Placid next weekend. Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward to that. Finally. Yeah. <laughs> After a couple of years away from Lake Placid, <laughs> of course, we'll be actually we'll talk about next 
uh, next week's show with the fact they're actually having it 200 by 85 rings, and we'll save that for uh, next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's have fun with that. Yeah. Josh, see you in a few minutes. We'll do it again next week. Yeah, absolutely. All right, that's Josh Segan of uh, Kawasaki News. We'll be back to wrap up the podcast and have the latest winner in the Daily Gazette's Auto Racing Contest in just a moment. I've got a math question for you. When you add tolerance, subtract prejudice, and multiply efforts to treat one another with respect, what do you get? Less division. And school sports have it down to a science. Looking for an example of what can happen when we realize there's more that unites us than divides us? Look no further than high school sports in New York. This message presented by the New York State Public High School Athletic Association and the New York State Athletic Administrators Association. Hi, this is Union College Hockey TV analyst Brian Unger. You're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast with Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor Ken Schott. Back to wrap up the podcast. The Week 3 winner in the Daily Gazette's Auto Racing Contest is Mark Denton of Fultonville. Mark wins a $50 ShopRite gift card. Congratulations, Mark. The VIP winner is Nick Playtell of Grand Premier Tires. I'll announce the winner of the contest, and that winner's name will appear in Friday's Daily Gazette. If you'd like to play in the contest, go to dailygazette.com and click the Auto Racing Contest banner. Keep checking out dailygazette.com and the print edition for the latest updates in news and sports on the coronavirus pandemic. I want to thank all the doctors, nurses, and first responders who are dealing with this pandemic. We appreciate the job you are doing in this difficult time. If you have not gotten vaccinated, please do so. Do it for yourself. Do it for your family and do it for your friends. That wraps up another edition of the Parting Shots podcast. I would like to thank members of the Union and RPA hockey teams, Casey Jones and Josh Segan, for being part of the show. I'll be heading to Potsdam to cover the Union Clarkson series, and I'll have post-game podcasts after each contest. If you have questions or comments about the podcast, email them to me at shot, that's S-C-H-O-T-T, at dailygazette.com. Follow me on Twitter at Slapshots. The views expressed on the Parting Shots podcast are not necessarily those of Gazette newspapers. The Parting Shots podcast is a production of Gazette newspapers. I am Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor Ken Schott. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time. From the Parting Shots podcast studio in Schenectady, New York, good day, good hockey.